Hey everybody, Matt Camp here with Deal Machine. Uh, we're proud to team up with Tom Zeeb here to give you guys a ton of free stuff. So our goal here is to give you the free toolkit to get out there and start finding off-market deals. Um, we're proud to say we're the highest rated and most reviewed app out there to go find off-market deals. And we've had over 10,000 deals done using the Deal Machine app. Now, when you download it, you can get it for free at tomzeeb.com slash dealmachine, and you'll get a seven-day free trial with that. And jumping into Deal Machine, you'll be able to go out there, start driving for dollars, start pulling lists, start finding the most motivated sellers in your market. And then you can start marketing to them directly. You can skip trace, you can send them postcards, you can knock on their door. There's a variety of things that we can help you out with using our technology. And then from there, you can actually evaluate the deals, You know, comp it, use our AI assistant to help you out there as well. You really get the full toolkit to go from you know having no real estate experience to landing your first deal using technology. So it's tomzeebcom slash deal machine for that free trial. With it, if you go through that link, you're going to get $30 free in marketing credits that cover a couple hundred free skip traces or 50 free postcards, give you everything that you need to start reaching out to sellers. So um, get out there and happy deal finding. So you have to make a decision. What's more important? Are you going to help that person out there that needs your help? Or are you going to not call because you're going to offend a bunch of people? So I made my choice to help out those people that need, me, that need my help. Welcome to the Get Traction Podcast. If you are ready to learn exactly what it takes to become a real estate entrepreneur, this is the show for you. With your host, founder of Traction Real Estate Mentors and president of the Traction Real Estate Investors Association, Tom Zeeb. Welcome back, everyone. It's Tom Z with the Get Traction Podcast and with my producer, Harry Duran. Hey, Harry. Hey, Tom. So, Harry, what I thought would be great for this episode is uh, is to, to bring a guest in, one of my successful students. Uh, his name is Mike, and I want to um, interview him. And uh, I think it'll be informational and uh, inspirational and informational for everyone to hear uh, about Mike's story and what's happened and how he's changed and what he's gotten out of working with me to become a successful real estate investor. Yeah, I think that's really important sometimes because a lot of what people hear on these episodes, it may seem like just theory to them and they're wondering, well, has anyone actually done this? Has anyone had success with it? So I think bringing Mike on is going to be uh, pretty helpful so they can hear it straight from someone who's had challenges and wondering what to do when they were getting started and work with you and had some success. Awesome. Well, let's patch them in. Mike, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Hey, I wanted to uh, ask you a bunch of questions about your experience and your journey becoming a real estate investor, because I think it'll be beneficial to all our listeners. Okay. So I want you to, let's start off by, turn the clock back to before you met me. Uh, so th think back a few years. What, what were you struggling with? What was life like for you? Where, where were you at? What were you frustrated by? Let, talk to those points. Okay. Well, um, you know, I lived in Miami for two years. And, uh, you know, I was doing import-export with uh, Tanzanite Gemstones. You know, it was really a difficult market. I wanted to stick to something, uh, you know, an, an, an industry that wasn't going away, uh, where there was a lot of demand. So uh, real estate just made sense to me. Basically, one of my friends uh, introduced me to Traction. Um, he's, an, he's an entrepreneur in the area. And, uh, yeah, it just went from there. I really liked it. What was it that you found uh, attractive about the program? I mean, what, what was it that made you say, yeah, I want this, I can do this, this is for me? You know, I just recognized that there was a lot of authenticity there. Um, all the people I met were really professionals that were actually in the game. And it wasn't a get-rich-quick scheme. Uh, these people actually had had success with Tom's program. So, uh, you know, I figured I'd give it a shot, and it definitely was worth it. Did you have any real estate experience before, Mike? Uh, no. No, none at all? 
yeah, I mean, I, you know, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That was, uh, <laughs> that was really the extent of it. <laughs> I think everyone's read that book that's gotten into real estate. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how that's inspired people. And yet also then <laughs> leaves, them, leaves them helpless because there's, you know, what do I do? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't actually tell you the, the fundamentals, right? No, there's no how-to. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you, you, came, you came into my Rapid Cash Generator Bootcamp raw, you know, no, no experience. Yeah. Um, not knowing what to do and what, what changed? What, tell us about some of the successes you had and, and how you changed through the process. You know, I really had to adapt to the marketplace. I mean, you know, I, I was used to business to business sales, and, you know, and doing B2C business to customer. I mean, it, it's a much different situation. You know, the, the public, you get a lot of uh, variety with the people you deal with. So you really have to toughen up internally uh, to deal with it. But yeah, I mean, I jumped right into it. Um, I started cold calling commercial property listing agents. I just, you know, must have called like 40 to, 40 to 50, something like that. Um, found a few that were taking me seriously. Was able to wholesale two multifamily properties, uh, 22 units in total. So that was a big success right out of the gate. I, I kind of got off track from wholesaling, though. I started doing uh, 0% seller financing, mm-hmm. which is a great, a great strategy. But um, in this market, I, I just really couldn't see that working. You came, you came out of my boot camp, did two multifamily wholesale deals. You said 22 units total? Yeah, 22. Okay. And how much did you make on those as wholesales? I mean, really like, you know, I think it was 20,000 total. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, it's an, it's an impressive thing to say I, I did 22 units, but at the same time, you know, the money just wasn't that great. So I figured, okay, if I focus on single family homes, um, you know, some of your students had successes that were like really, really up there, like, you know, 40,000, 50,000. And those were just, you know, starter homes. So I wanted to, you know, duplicate that. But yeah, in 2016, I really just really tried to hit it hard, uh, mainly focusing on Northern Virginia because um, the houses are worth so much money there. I thought I could get really, really big wholesale fees. But um, that's really, you know, not the area of the market that you need to focus on as a wholesaler. You want to kind of go uh, whatever the middle is, the middle of the market, you want to, you know, target a little bit below that. So, you know, starter homes. Uh, blue collar areas, you know, those those are really the best markets to focus on. The classic bread and butter sweet spot. Exactly. And, you know, the way I look at it is you have a huge inflow and outflow of people moving into that market. Mm-hmm. So there's always people that are downsizing and people that are, you know, buying in different areas. So that the turnaround is really, really quick. So you can go in there, rehab a property, you know, and be out in three months with your check. That's the way I look at that. Because that lower middle of the market has a nice consistency because they're homes that everybody needs at some point. They're starter homes that you either eventually outgrow, but then you sell it to someone who's just like you when you started. Exactly. Gotcha. And, and basically, you know, the problem that I came across uh, in Northern Virginia is, you know, majority of those people, you know, they've got lines of credit, uh, they've got money saved up. So there really isn't a motivation to sell. So I actually did over 100 offers in that market. Mm-hmm. And then I actually got 600 contracts in 2016, okay. but you know, I was so new, uh, my buyer's list was only like a hundred people. So I actually had to pull out of all six of those, those properties. And, uh, it was kind of upsetting to, to go back a couple months later and see that, you know, the majority of them had sold mm-hmm. for around the price. I put it on, you know, put it under contract that I was going to flip it for. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, so that's a big takeaway is to focus on your buyer's list. Focus on your buyer's list and make sure you have the right people to buy from you. Do you think maybe you could have done something with those had you had a uh, more diverse buyer's list? Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I could have easily made, you know, six figures that year if I, if I actually had real cash buyers. Okay. So what changed? What, what made you turn it around then? Because um, 
a lot of people can't get smacked in the face that many times without without falling right. down. So how did you how did you get back up and keep going? I, you know, first of all, I wasn't going to let them win. I dealt with a lot of really nasty personalities in, in Nova. The way I, I kind of just made it like an adversarial thing. You know, I got treated so poorly. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back in the game. You know, some, some books I read that really helped me, you know, to kind of craft this, this way of thinking. Uh, Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Mm-hmm. That's the book that goes into like Stoic philosophy from Rome. And uh, believe it or not, you know, that actually really, really helped me to, to go forwards. I'm a big Seneca fan. It's like the ultimate. Of the oh, book. really? Yeah, probably the best <laughs> nice. philosophy for, uh, uh, for life. The other book, too, uh, really, really impressive. It's uh, by this author, Robert Greene. Uh, it's called The 50th Law. And it was uh, co-written with uh, the rapper 50 Cent. That book really teaches you, you know, how to hustle. And, and I think that's a skill, you know, if you come from, you know, kind of a white-collar background, white-collar neighborhood, you know, really making a profit at, at the bottom level is not really what we're taught. You know, we're taught to go to school, uh, get a great job, and then, you know, just kind of climb the corporate ladder. So if you don't know how to hustle, that, that's really going to put you at a disadvantage. And, and believe it or not, you know, just reading a $10 book um, will actually make you a ton of money interesting so now you've you've had to overcome your um <laughs> indoctrination from uh, from growing up or from <laughs> exactly for lack of a better word and it, it sounds like you know that's been a little bit of a struggle and and a, a process to overcome. yeah now, now that you've come out the other side of that um you've you've focused back in on real estate and what's what have the last few deals been like yeah uh just you know super super easy actually believe it or not. You know, one deal I just did last month, it was an awesome deal, made $27,000. Uh, that was a probate, actually. Every deal is different, but you, but you basically get better every time. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's just like weightlifting. You know, the first time you, you try to pick up a weight, it's going to be difficult. You do it more and more, it gets easier. So you want to just keep oh, yeah. increasing what you're doing, increase the volume. You know, like for me, I do cold calls. Mm-hmm almost exclusively, just because I don't have the ad budget to do direct mail. You know, that was really, really difficult at first, but now I'm at the point where I, I can cold call anybody. I don't care. Gotcha. So hang on a second, because there's some interesting points there. You're doing cold calling because you haven't had the budget to spend on mailing. So right. getting into this without a, because some people say, oh, you know, do I have to be rich to get rich? Uh, your answer is? No, no, <laughs> absolutely no. not. So you, you have to find the right marketing that fits for your budget and you're, you're finding, right. you know, with, without a large budget, let's do the things that maybe take more time, but cost less money. Exactly. Such as cold call. And, and that's also what I, I love about your boot camp is, you know, when I first approached it, I didn't really understand just how impressive it actually is because there's so many different ways to make money with your boot camp. It just, you know, whatever your personality and financial needs and goals are, you can find a solution for what you're trying to do. So for example, if you've got, you know, a nine to five job, you really don't have much time to cold call, but you've got, you know, $200, $500 a month, you know, you could spend on direct mail. Okay. Well, that's something that you can do. You know, you can, you can even do both if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And so well, you found it that I kind of was able to draw out your personality and what was going to fit you like a glove, which is different than the person sitting right. next to you because they have, they need a different glove. But, but there was right. something like, for everyone if you look at it the right way. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, you know, for me, direct mail uh, just seems too passive because you really just have to wait for them to call you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I did do that. But, you know, it's, it's, for, for me, it's just not, 
not the best fit. I, I like to be more proactive. You know, something I do want to get into soon also is door knocking. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really afraid of that, but you know, I just have to get over it because. <laughs> Were you afraid of cold calling at the beginning as well? I was used to B2B cold calling, mm-hmm. but dealing with the public, I mean, you don't, you don't get the same professionalism, I hate to say, <laughs> that you do calling businesses. I mean, you know, right, off the, right out of the break, like probably 30 to 40% of the people you're going to cold call are, are not going to be nice to you. If you're cold calling with probate, you know, it's even worse, you know, because you're dealing with people that they've, they've recently had a loved one pass, you know, and the way I look at this, you know, you don't want to be heartless about it. But at the same point, there's someone out there who needs your help. So you have to make a decision. What's more important? Are you going to help that person out there that needs your help? Or are you going to not call because you're going to offend a bunch of people? So I made my choice to help out those people that need, that need my help. Excellent. So the thought of helping that person powers you through and outweighs and helps you filter out all the noise of the, the negative naysayers along the way who are going to complain. Absolutely. Gotcha. So it's a key, you would say, to your internal game, to your mental game, is to, to focus on what your mission is. Your mission is to help people do deals and make money and then not worry about people that you know, raise a fuss in the process. Right. Yeah, because it, it can't just be about making money. I mean, you know, that can motivate some people, but mm-hmm. you're going to get hit so many different ways. You've got to have some type of other purpose. You, know, what, like you really have to focus on what value are you, are you providing the market. Fantastic. And, and for me, that's, that's how I view it. You know, there's people out there who, you know, they need to get this estate property sold, but for whatever reason, they, they, you know, they, they just can't focus on it or they're busy or they don't know who to trust. So I can come in, you know, offer them a solution and, and it works out. I mean, that, you know, I made 20, we made $27,000 last month. So it's not a bad month. <laughs> right. <laughs> how many deals have you done total now, Mike? Uh, let's see, I think five. Excellent. For a grand total of about... I, you know, I'd say like probably 60000 Good. The way I look at that is you're not repeating the same year going forward. It's not, it's not going to be the same. So, for example, the more efficient you get, that 60000 you know, maybe in a year or two will turn into 200000 If I keep at it, it could turn into four or five. Mm-hmm. You know, I know one wholesaler who's bringing in $200,000 a month. You know, he has a, a staff of like 10 people. You can really scale this business up, you know, to really crazy levels. Right. And you're operating alone, correct? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to, to do right now. I, you know, I have other partners that I, that I do work with, mm-hmm. but, you know, every time you work with somebody, your fee's getting diluted, the way I look at it. So Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and working by yourself, you know, you, that really gives you a skill that no one can take away. You're not relying on anybody. You're not, you know, dependent on anyone. So that, that's something I really want to just craft in myself. So we've made you fully independent. <laughs> yeah, you have. And, I, and I, I, you know, I owe you big for that, so I, I'm glad that's I mean it's something it, it it's something I teach to everyone maybe preach it a little bit like hey let's get if you get independent and you know you can do something no one can ever take that away from you and no matter what happens yeah. you know you'll be okay because you can just go out and make it rain for yourself and that's a, that's a there's a right. quiet exactly. power to that that's Hard to explain if someone's relying on the, the corporate nine to five paycheck or something like yeah. that can vanish. And if that vanishes, now what? But what you've learned, uh, it can never vanish. And it's really cool, too, because even if you do have that nine to five, if you get this skill, believe it or not, that's going to you know, roll over to your current nine to five. So it's like the more independent you get, you know, that's that's going to reflect in your work. Those skills do transfer. So this can really work for somebody, you know, who has the job or somebody who doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. 
you know, really you're just it's self-improvement at the end of the day. Now, one of the big things I focus on both self-improvement and business improvement wise is negotiation. So talk about how's my negotiation training changed you? Okay. So, you know, basically I was negotiating with this attorney who was uh, military intelligence. This was like about a month ago, <laughs> actually this $27,000 deal. Mm-hmm. So it was about two months ago. And, and I knew all the games that he was throwing out <laughs> because I took your course. And that guy was military intelligence. Gotcha. Just, just to give you an idea of, of what level your negotiation is at. That, that's pretty impressive to, for Tom to give you the skill set to handle a, a negotiation with an ex military. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, you know, basically the way I look at this is it's like tenants, right? So they have their needs and then you have your needs. You know, no one's taking advantage of anyone because you're in, you're, you're playing tennis, you're in the game. So there, there's different, uh, you know, tactics and strategies that you need to know. And if you don't know it, you know, you're just, you're just going to get rolled every time. You know, it, it's kind of like economics. You know, if you don't understand the fundamentals of economics, you can't have a conversation on it. Gotcha. You know, that, that's the way I look at that. So yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it's made me a lot tougher as a person. Mm-hmm. So you felt well matched against someone with theoretically a lot more negotiating experience in military intelligence, you know, quite, yeah. quite well trained for that yeah. kind of thing. So you, you didn't, you didn't feel uh, at a disadvantage. If anything, it was a, it was a fun game of chess right. because you were playing against another grandmaster. Exactly. So it's like, I may not be as impressive as him in terms of, you know, at all, but because I, because I understood what the goalposts were, it, it was just a lot easier. And uh, we were actually able to meet in the middle. I got his needs met and then I got mine met. So, you know, it, it was just a, a much easier uh, kind of fluid conversation just because both parties knew what was going on. Excellent. Did you find my negotiation, tra- my negotiation training difficult or confusing? Not at the surface. A, a lot of the, the conditioning that I had about just business in general it was kind of hard for me to, to get over that. That wasn't the fault of the program. That was just my own, my own stuff I had to work through. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I, I was really, really just too nice in the beginning. You know, I'd always, whenever somebody would say, you know, sorry, we can't go lower than, you know, 220 or whatever, I would actually honor that. I wouldn't try to probe <laughs> deeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, you know, I, I guess it's human nature to do that, but it's not going to get you rid. I think we had a conversation once about killing your inner nice guy. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I did. And the, the, the distinct thing, you know, some people say, oh, well, you're, you're not teaching someone to be mean. There's a difference between no. being a nice guy and being a good guy. I want you yeah. to be a good guy, but that doesn't mean being a nice guy. And that's a, right. there's a shade of gray there that needs to be delineated. And that's the thing, like the, that nuance itself is probably the biggest get you can get. You've helped me do that, you know, this absolutely. Um, you, really, you really have to focus on what your needs are. You know, so for example, if you know that you can't do this deal without, you know, making a $10,000 fee, well, that, that's, that, that's what the numbers are. So you can't go, you can't go up to what they're asking. You just, you just have to focus on what your needs are. Gotcha. Tell us about another uh, story, either where a negotiation came to play or another deal or another time you felt like you overcame some adversity and got the deal done. There was one uh, deal I did a few months back in Southeast D.C., and, uh, you know, I'm sure you're aware that the TOPA rights situation, if there's a tenant in Southeast, is really, really difficult. So, yeah, these are just to define that out for someone that's not familiar. The tenant has the right of first refusal right. to buy a property, even if you, know, so if you come in as a buyer, and, but there's a tenant, the tenant has the right to try to match you or outbid you. Right. 
and, you know, and on the surface, that sounds great, right? But what can end up happening is that can be used as leverage to stall and basically kill the deal, you know? So because of that, I was able to negotiate with the seller and say, look, you know, we need to go a little bit lower because this is going to require a lot of effort to get these topo rights waived. You know, we're going to have to just do a lot of stuff. So, you know, like, for example, cash for keys, you know, that's, I think that's what we ended up doing. I, I was just able to basically communicate more effectively and, and not feel afraid to really state my case. I think that's that's the best thing I've gotten out of, out of your negotiation training is just not holding myself back, and you know, and doing it in a nice way too. It's not like I'm you know yelling at people, but I'm being tough. What, what's interesting about uh, the stories you're telling, Mike, is I, I get the sense that you were a different person in terms of like the skill set you had or where your focus was because of the different type of job you had earlier. Right. But because you're entering now this new market, this new world, this new real estate market wholesaling and, and through Tom's training, it sounds like you developed and grew like a whole new set of skills that right. have, have, have helped you here. Yeah, absolutely. Basically, the first thing is, is I believe that I could change as a person. I, I've probably read, read and also listened to because I have like Audible. Um, but I've probably listened and I've probably done like over 200 uh, audiobooks just in the past few years. Um, and, and that's really helped me a lot too, to, to really grow. That's impressive. Um, thank you. Yeah. I mean, you can do that in the car, you know, every time you go see an appointment, you know, just, just listen to, listen to an audiobook, you know, while you're doing it instead of the radio or something. And, and, you know, the return you see on that is, is just incredible. For example, learning about value delivery. I, I just read this book uh, called Thou Shall Prosper by uh, this rabbi named Daniel Lappin, I believe. Uh, you know, that book is all about delivering value to the marketplace. And, and that just, you know, completely changed my perspective on business um, and, and life, really. And that, that's really helped me to, uh, you know, to focus on helping people, like I mentioned earlier. I get the sense that, that you're an eternal student. Thank you. Yeah, I'm trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that was how you learn. Yeah, yeah. Because if you you know if you stop learning, you know you're you're dying. That's the way I look at that. Yeah. No, you're either growing or you're dying. Yeah. Like you look at you know people that are retirees. You know, a lot of them die after they they, they you know stop working. It's like, well, why? Because they they stop learning. You know, you you're either on an upward spiral or you're or you're on a downward spiral. Is the way I look at that. I like the upward spiral. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one thing that oftentimes uh, confuses people or scares people um, is are the legal contracts needed in real estate. What, how have you approached those? Were you were you nervous about those before? Uh, how how are you handling the legal side of the business now? Yeah, so um, you know, I, I really wasn't nervous before because I was used to contracts. You know, doing B two B sales, but your contracts are phenomenal. I mean, just to to talk up the boot camp again, all the all the contracts that you get in the boot camp. Uh, if you were to go to an attorney, an actual good attorney that knows real estate, that would definitely cost you uh, more than the boot camp price to get all those contracts. And, and I use a lot of them, not not the majority of them, but definitely paid for itself. The other thing too is as a wholesaler, every concern that you could possibly have are pretty much addressed in your contracts. <laughs> might, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's really good. You might change some things down the line. Like for example, what I do now with probate is I put Seller must provide lockbox and front door key day of ratification. I'll put that in the contract just so that's taken care of. I don't have to have the, you know, the personal representative who's the seller in probate. I don't have to have them meet me at the property every time. You know, I want to bring a rehabber. I've even done like, you know, promissory notes instead of earnest money deposit. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things you can, you can switch. As a starting point, you know, I, I haven't seen a better contract out there. 
Fantastic. You can see, I know I told you at the book, you have a lot of the different stories behind each and every clause. Right, so right. You say, you know, everything's covered. There's a, usually a story behind it because if I've gotten <laughs> tripped or fallen down or smacked in the face with something, then you design part of the contract to make sure that never happens again. Right. So, you know, at first glance, most people aren't going to realize just how, you know, badass this contract is. You know. It seems like it's something um, that the contract piece, to Tom's point, seems like it would be daunting for a lot of people in Beanie because people get scared. And then, you, you know, to your point, Mike, you weren't scared. But it sounds like yeah. the frameworks helped a lot. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, one way to look at this is as long as you, as long as you understand what that contract does, um, you shouldn't be afraid of it. So, for example, you know, in, in Tom's contract, you have, and this is pretty standard, you know, for wholesalers to know what they're doing, but you have a, an inspection period, you know, of two weeks. So, basically, once you put down that earnest money deposit, there's really no fear of you losing your money because, you know, if you have to pull out for whatever reason, let's say the foundation's bad, or, you know, you, you did my mistake of only having 100 buyers, you know, majority of them not really rehabbers, and you have to pull out you know, there's going to be no problem. You're going to get your money back. Well, that's in there to not just protect you, but it also motivates you because if you're using my contract and you can't get stuck, you can't fail and you can't lose money, then why the heck wouldn't you try? Right. Yeah. There's, there's literally like no downside risk. You know, you're the only, the only thing you're doing is wasting time if you don't get a deal, but you're still growing at the same point. So yeah, you're still growing and learning. Yeah. I mean, it's like, what other business can you do where you can't make money? You can only make money. I mean, it's, it's just a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> heads, you know. heads I win, tells you lose. It's perfect. Right, exactly. Hey, Mike, step into the shoes of someone that was in the same spot you were 18 months ago. What advice would you give them today? Okay, first, I'd take the boot camp. I, I'd learn everything possible about it. I'd ask questions if I had any, and I'd definitely meet, you know, try to just meet people in the industry. You really just need to get kind of like an eagle-eye view of what's going on. And then from there, you can jump into it. Um, you know, take, you know, take a month to study everything and, and then, and then just jump in. I mean, you know, it, the, the whole point is it's going to be uncomfortable, but you know, that's kind of the price you have to pay. So just as long as you understand that you're not going to be uncomfortable in six months, you're not going to be uncomfortable, you know, three years down the line, like me, just have that faith that it's going to get easier and it will. I mean, you're, you're, you're not going to be making a million dollars right out of the gate, but Hey, if you can make $20,000 in a couple months, you know, it's going to be worth it. I think so. Yeah. And, you know, in my, in my success, it's like, don't, don't view this like, you know, this is going to be this really, really hard journey. You know, I didn't take Tom's, uh, you know, I didn't do your coaching, which was a huge mistake. You know, that would have shaved off like two years from my learning curve. Absolutely. So where are you at now? You, um, you don't have full-time employment anymore. You're no. going to be a full-time real estate investor. Absolutely. Yep. Now I can do it. So how do you feel about that? Um, you know, it really hasn't hit me yet. I feel great. I mean, you know what I'm going through, I, I felt so terrible to be frank, uh, just with all the rejection, all the adversity I've had to face, but, but I'm actually getting happy every once in a while. And I, I don't just mean like, you know, just feeling a little bit happy. I mean like really, really like just awesome, you know, because I'm realizing that what I've set out to do, I, I'm doing it. And it, it's a skill that is never going to go away for me. So it, it just, it, you know, it gives me a calm that, that is just great. You know, for me though, I really need to, to, to focus on, uh, on just, repeating what I'm doing and increasing the volume. So for in other words, um, instead of just calling, you know, a hundred people, I've got to call like, you know, 400 people. I, I've got to do it more repetitively too. But when you're in business for yourself, the motivation is there. Exactly. You know, you've got bills that you have to pay. You know, if you don't do it, no one's doing it for you. 
there's there's really no one to rely on other than yourself. And, and that can be, you know, really, really uncomfortable at first just because you feel so alone. You know, you've got yourself. So, you know, try to remember that. And you've also got the group. But, but ultimately, this, you know, this is a game yourself against the world in a sense. And that's okay. But now that you've done it a few times and you've done it enough where you know you, know you can, it's kind of why I told everyone at the boot camp is your first deal is magical. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah, absolutely nothing like your first time. Yeah, that's uh, great. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but the second time is a lot more important. Yeah. Because the, the, the first time, when you cash that first check, two things happen. That little voice in the back of your head starts self-doubting. It says, mm -hmm. oh, well, ah, that was just luck. That is right, exactly. Happen. And people are going to tell you that too. They're going to pretend yes. that you just got lucky. So you have to be really, really aware of the people in your life who are going to be downing you. Exactly. That's the other thing that happens is, yeah, all the negative naysayers in your life uh -huh. come out and, uh, and start doubting you as well. So they're teaming up with that little voice. And what happens exactly. on the second deal is that all goes away because lightning did strike twice uh -huh. and you control that zap of lightning. And then it, you know, and now you you've done a half dozen deals, you do a dozen deals, you do a couple dozen deals, and next thing you know, all that odd resentment that people has turns to jealousy. <laughs> you know, oh, must be nice to have that lifestyle. Must be nice to make big checks like that. Must be nice to take another vacation. It is nice, but <laughs> but she works for it. Yeah. You added value to the marketplace. So you know, if they want yeah. that, then they need to figure out how to add value. Me personally, you you as well. You know, real estate is excellent. I mean, you know, there, there's a demand for it not going away there's there's no you know ai or robot that's going to be able to take away real estate that there's just too much nuance that that is required you know versus if you're a computer engineer you know who knows what's going to happen in you know five years from now in the market they might come up with some you know algorithm that will take your job yes yeah, very true you don't know when you might be replaced so when you were saying it's you know something no one could take away from you it's also unlikely that anyone's going to change the game on you Interesting. Okay. I, I, you know, yeah, that's, that's really yeah. smart. Food, clothing, and shelter that. are basic human necessities. We deal with shelter. Right. So until basic human necessities that have been this way for thousands of years, until those change, uh, we're in a really good spot. Yeah. And also, you know, you have so many tax advantages doing this business. I mean, especially like once you get into like, you know, being a landlord, you know, buy and holds and stuff. I mean, the tax law, it really incentivizes people to own real estate. So you've got that working for you. Oh, yeah, it's definitely in our favor. Mike, that's awesome. Hey, any parting words, anything um, you'd like to tell the folks out there that we haven't covered yet? Yeah, so I'd say your boot camp is definitely worth it. Um, you know, as long as people don't quit and uh, remember there's opportunity, uh, they're going to make it. Oh, I totally agree, Mike. Good stuff. So look, keep at it. Get that marketing hard. Get those deals in. I'm, how do I put this? I'm, I'm proud of you, man. I feel like wow, a big you. brother. Yeah. Like I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm proud of how far you've come and you know, the, the different struggles, the adversity you've had to go to to get mentally to this point. And yeah. now it's starting to flow for you. And I, that's fantastic. That's exactly what I want for you. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I appreciate it, Tom. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening. Your next step is to visit GetTractionPodcast.com. There you'll find all current episodes and a link to download a free copy of Tom's Deal Flow Cheat Sheet. Happy wholesaling. 